Welcome to Liberty Chats, produced by members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council. Thank you for joining us. We talk to a variety of experts, leaders, journalists, and policymakers about our nation's founding principles, why they are still so relevant and essential to preserving freedom for everyone, what specific challenges and threats they face today, and how those founding principles best safeguard and empower everyone's ability, young and old, to attain prosperity and personal happiness. Hello, and welcome to Liberty Chats, a new podcast from the Steamboat Institute. My name is Zachary Rogers. I'm a member of the Emerging Leadership Council, a leadership program with the Institute. We are dedicated to freedom, liberty, and civil dialogue. Today, our guest is Russ Vogt, president of the Center for American Restoration. And today, we're going to cover three questions briefly, the mission of the Center for American Restoration what Trump policies Russ is most concerned about being overturned and what policies uh, he thinks will have the most lasting impact. And finally, what do conservatives need to be doing to prepare for 2020? So thanks for joining us today, Russ. You bet. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So let's dive into the, the first question. You're president of the Center for American Restoration. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, its mission, and how it fits into the, the D.C. think tank universe. Sure. One of the things that we want to do is to make sure that we continue to focus on America first issues, the cultural issues that have been resonant in the last several years. Our mission statement is to restore a consensus in this America, in America, that we are a nation under God with unique interests worthy of defending that flow from our people, our history, our institutions, and our individual freedoms are predicated on healthy communities and just laws. And there's a little bit of a corrective in each one of those, uh, uh, emphases from our standpoint that uh, we believe is important to be able to get right uh, some of the things that we've seen over the over the last several decades and, and the way that the progressive left has really been on an onslaught against uh, traditional American communities. So uh, we have our work cut out for us. We think that there's a lot of place to continue to fight in the, in the short term, but we're so divided as a country. And until we restore that consensus, that's why we talk about in that language, uh, so that it's not just a 50-50 trench warfare, uh, get out the vote type conversation each and every election. It is a, this is a consensus about what it means to be an American. And as a result, we have a, a, a better opportunity to then think through various issues because we already have that, that shared viewpoint. Excellent. Certainly a lot of work ahead. Um, so how does the Center for American Restoration, how does that fit into uh, the DC universe? What's your unique edge to say? Well, I think that we'll be uh, in coalition with many different organizations and uh, various organizations have a particular role to play. I actually don't think that there is a, a organization that does what we're attempting to do on these particular issues with these correctives about uh, noticing that we don't talk about God anymore in our public square. Even the people that are are of a Judeo-Christian background feel uh, reluctant to argue from that that viewpoint in in public debate and public life. And I saw that in my confirmation hearing, seeing how foreign it was for someone who was uh, a believing of John three sixteen to to be able to articulate that and have Bernie Sanders react with such horror, uh, or mm-hmm. the notion that we have uh, as a country community interest that uh, that's a filter, a grid for our public policy to think issues through. It's not just the consumer that we are concerned about. It is about what our our country should look like in our, our country's interests. 
And then finally, just from a standpoint of, of, of the community, uh, we care about freedom. We will always care about freedom. And, and there's no but on the end of that. It is also important that we, we care about that our, the reality that our freedoms are enjoyed uh, alongside of duties and obligations to our families and our communities. And so these are all emphases that we are trying. We think we've gotten a little bit on, the, on one side of the, the balance horse, and we want to make sure we, we balance it out a little bit over time. Excellent. Um, so you you served in the OMB as director for a time. Uh, what Trump policies are you most concerned about being overturned? And what policies do you think can and will have uh, the most lasting impact? Uh, I'm, I'm worried about all of them. So I, I'm not sure I can uh, uh, slim down the list at all. Every mm-hmm. one of them is is in generally in a precarious situation with very few exceptions. You know, some of the exceptions are Sounds like they're sticking with Space Force, which is very important, although they're not really, their heart's not in it. Um, when the press secretary gets asked about it and she confuses it with the paint scheme of Air Force One, you know there's a problem there. I do think that they will talk about combating China, confronting China. But again, I don't think that their heart is in it. I don't think they have a strategy in place. You know, just to go off of the, the press secretary again, when she has to fumble with her notes to determine what their strategy is, they don't have one. So. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we saw that you know, the embassy was not moved back from Jerusalem. That's, you know, there, there are, there are going to be some things that they can't pull back. But by and large, I think that they are either going to state that they are changing policies and move back, or they're going to attempt to articulate that there's nothing to see here. We're moving forward. But in reality, there's no energy to that policy. Excellent. So, well, the Center for American Restoration has, has a clear mission, you know, a lot of work to be done. You know, what do conservatives need to be doing over the next four years to prepare uh, and, frankly, you know, serve their, their fellow Americans on these issues that you guys are focused on? Yeah, a couple of things I would say is, one, be active. Uh, now is no time to recede from the public square, from, the, from uh, engaging with uh, the, the political process. This is something I'm really worried about when you have all of the concerns, legitimate concerns about voter irregularity. When you have the concerns about social media presence on big tech, uh, these are platforms that have people have used to be able to participate in the political process. And I'm worried that if we don't have reform in these areas, that people increasingly think that they have no voice. And as a result, they don't feel a part of the movement, any movement anymore. And so everything we've got, we've got to engage in the political process. We've got to be able to participate. And, and, and I think the second thing I would just say is that uh, we got to convince people. We we got to get back to living lives that are um, attractive to our neighbors. And in the as we are happy warriors, as we are happy warriors, articulating and showing a model to our neighbors, uh, so that our neighbors who may not see things the way that we see things, they they say, "Man, they care a lot about me," and I'm going to listen to what they say. And I think that's how you build a movement. And that's one of the things that we think a, a center for American restoration is needed for, because we want to arm those people for those types of conversations and to, and to be some, uh, an organization that encourages uh, the kind of dialogues of, of people with different worldviews and different viewpoints. Those, those are excellent points. I can't help but uh, think of an article I read recently about uh, some Trump supporters who uh, shoveled someone's driveway and uh, that individual didn't re- respond, you know, in, in the way one might wish, but that's the kind of thing you need to be doing, you know, helping your neighbor 
uh, at a very local level uh, certainly stands out and reminds people that, you know, we're, we're fellow Americans and we do live together. Agreed. So I, I guess the follow-up question I have is, is you know, assist, systematically, what does the GOP need to be doing when they're, they're thinking about 2022? You know, it, you know, we you know, had some wins, you know, lost uh, the executive. Uh, it, it seems like an, an opportunity for some reflection in uh, preparing for the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think, and to be clear, we don't do the election part of it. That'll be something that uh, the political process is is uh, underway. We're in the business of ideas. And from our standpoint, the center-right uh, movement needs to stay on these issues. I think the concern that folks will have is with, with, with President Trump no longer being in office, there will be an, an enthusiasm for trying to move away from the issues that he brought to the forefront. And I think that would be a big mistake. And one of the reasons that we have set up this organization is to prevent that. And, and, and one of the reasons is that this is, this is the, the natural way that the establishment works is because uh, these are the issues that get you canceled on. And so there is a level of discomfort with regard to these issues, these cultural issues, because it goes so much onto the the, uh, the the tension points in our society. And so um, there is no way out but forward. And so we got to continue to talk about them. But that is going to be the challenge of the, the political classes that uh, are a little more of the establishment leaning is that they're not going to want to be talking about these issues. Yeah, no, that, that's certainly true. And there certainly might might be a, a real cost, uh, given the, the current environment, uh, addressing these these issues. But if they're if they're unaddressed, the situation uh, will not improve. So well, what, are, what are some of the you know, you mentioned your, your mission. What is uh, the goal for the Center for American Restoration really this this next year? Is, is there a number one priority for you guys? Yeah, I think that we'll be focused predominantly um, on we want to start small and be able to, to do things well and prove that we're uh, a good uh, investment and a good uh, of both people's act- activities, their action and their and their time and their resources. Uh, we'll focus uh, we'll be focused on big tech reform, uh, trying to address what, what it is about these platforms that have these built in current law subsidies that have given them immunity to then uh, take liberties with regard to the censorship of, of, of many of the people who uh, operate on those platforms. And then we'll also uh, uh, lend a hand in the voter fraud, voter integrity debates that are going on at the, in, the, in, in the Congress and across the states. Uh, we'll be very active in pushing back against the Biden administration, amnesty proposals, efforts to undo the, our successes along the border. Uh, all of those things are things that we'll be prioritizing over the next year. Excellent. Um, all worthy things work looking into, worth looking into uh, and addressing, um, as you mentioned, from from the standpoint of ideas and focused on, you know, freedom. Um, our final question really is just, you know, you spent quite a bit of time in the administration. Uh, you know, what did what did you learn from that, and how is that going to impact your work uh, at your center? Government's really complicated, and the level of detail in the executive branch of what's required to implement uh, laws that are passed by Congress uh, is, 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 is immensely deep. Um, Congress does not pass detailed laws. They delegate their authority to the executive branch, and the executive branch writes the laws. And so mm-hmm. this is a huge separation of powers issues that we're going to hopefully get into in the years ahead to really get into the concerns that that sets up for our 
for our as, for us as a people. But in terms of envisioning how laws become implemented, I have a much better sense of of the sausage factory uh, than I did when I just worked on Capitol Hill. And, and it, it will be a perspective that I will bring to our, our think tank in the sense of it's not just proposing a good idea, it's thinking through the implementation to make sure that the bureaucracy can't kill it. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's absolutely needed to uh, consider implementation and how administrative law and bureaucracy and how that all intermessaged. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us today on Liberty Chats. Um, if you've enjoyed our show today, uh, please share it and give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's Liberty Chat. I'm Erica Anderson, the producer of the podcast. Our podcast editor is Fingers Malloy. My co-producers include Charlotte Whalen, Zachary Rogers, Lindsay Martin, and Christina Eastman, all members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council, who represent the next generation of free market, free speech leadership. We hope you tune in again for our next Liberty Chat episode.